Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast. It is a personal transformation podcast, focusing on improving your life, business, and your relationships. Hosted by Eldin Hassa, a mindset coach, relationship coach, author of a self-help book titled, Are We All Fucked?, which is a step-by-step guide to becoming a best version of yourself. Available on Amazon Worldwide, and also on his website, eldinhasser.com. Eldin is also a spiritual teacher, public speaker, workshop, and seminar facilitator, and a successful property investor and developer, with passion for transforming lives globally for over 15 years. We have over 2 million downloads of our podcast. As a thank you, get a free copy of Eldin's book on his website, eldinhasser.com. Also, we are hosting a free Peak Mindset Masterclass. Get your free ticket on his website, formulaeq.com, or find the link in this podcast. Hurry, seats are limited. Share this podcast with your friends and family and help our mission to empower humanity. Please remind yourself every day how amazingly awesome you already are. Thank you and welcome your amazing host, Eldin Hassa. So welcome everyone to another episode of the Human Experience Podcast. This is your host, Eldin Hassa. As you all know, I'm in London, England, and my guest today is from United States. Before I bring him on, I'd like to thank all my listeners, all my viewers. We are in over 100 countries around the world, and I love you and respect you all, whether you are listening on audio version, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and any other platforms that podcasts can be found. I greatly appreciate you and also YouTube channel and every other source that you can find our video and audio podcast. So thank you once again. So my guest today, his name is Dr. Bradley Nelson. He's the veteran holistic physician and best-selling author. He shares how to identify and release the emotional baggage that harms health and relationships. Welcome, Dr. Bradley Nelson. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on my podcast. Thank you, Eldon. It's an honor for me to be here with you. Thanks uh, for the opportunity. Yeah. So in, if you could kindly, in your own words, introduce yourself uh, to our audience, and then we can dive a little bit into um, how your journey began, what inspired you, because I first want to commend you for all the amazing work that you have been doing. And, you know, you have literally single-handedly helped heal um, thousands, if not millions of people around the globe. And I know you are teaching so many people to get certified into uh, learn how to do what you have been doing for decades. So um, if you would like to share with us what that work is at the moment, and then how the story, how the journey began. Sure. Well, um, I was a, um, I was a holistic chiropractor uh, for about 17 years. And uh, uh, I practiced by myself, I had a, a, a solo practice. And that was really the uh, uh, it was really the laboratory for me uh, to figure out what was wrong with my patients. As time went on, uh, I saw people that had progressively more difficult problems. 
until the last 10 years of my practice, most of the people that I was working with had been told that there really was no hope for them at all in Western medicine. There was nothing that could be done. They'd never get well. They were going to uh, live with this problem uh, and die with this problem. And uh, there was nothing that could be done except to take medications to suppress their symptoms. And um, the vast majority of those people with just a couple of exceptions were able to get well. Um, the secret really is uh, that I knew how to tap into the subconscious mind of, uh, of my patients. And that might sound esoteric, but it's actually really simple. And, uh, and that's what we're teaching everyone now uh, is that uh, you see, we have this conscious mind, which is where we spend all of our waking hours and where we, we take our exams and we have our relationships and uh, uh, it's where we, live um, during those hours of the day when we're awake, but the subconscious mind is vastly more intelligent than the conscious mind. Uh, the subconscious mind is running all the automatic processes in the body and creating new cells. And um, it's taking the lunch that you had uh, today and it's turning that into new red blood cells and so on. Uh, there are about 37 trillion cells in the body, they say, and every single cell in the body is equivalent in complexity to a full-size aircraft carrier with thousands of people working at in their individual complex jobs. And uh, that's a single cell. And the subconscious mind is so intelligent, I believe, that uh, it knows the history of every single cell down to the quantum level. It's really incredible. So when my patients would come to see me, uh, and they would tell me that they'd been diagnosed with some incurable problem. Uh, that didn't scare me because I knew that uh, their subconscious mind knew the real reasons why they were sick. And so the paradigm that we're teaching people is that um, the information is available for the asking. Now, um, Western medicine is great at fixing acute problems, um, for example, if you're racing the train and you don't quite make it over the railroad crossing in time and your leg now is over there, um, Western medicine can do miraculous things and can probably reattach your leg. And that's great. Uh, and sometimes people need that kind of acute medical care. Uh, but most of the time, most people don't need that kind of care. Most of the time people need um, something else and um, Western medicine fails in, uh, in those circumstances. And so as a result, you end up with uh, a society of people who are uh, maybe 50 or years older or 60 years older, and they might be on a dozen different medications that are slowly killing them um, in an attempt to suppress the symptoms that they're having. And a lot of those drugs create their own symptoms. So then they're taking drugs to suppress those new symptoms caused by the drugs and so on. And so it's really a failed system in that way. So um, you see, as a holistic doctor, uh, I did not have a license to do surgery on people and remove troublesome organs. I didn't have a drug uh license to be able to prescribe medication to people to suppress their symptoms. So I was left with this dilemma of actually having to figure out what was wrong with these people. <laughs> like the, the root cause, right? 
Exactly. The root cause. And so, um, and, and that's really where the game is played. I mean, if you want to really be healthy, um, uh, if you want to stay healthy, if you're healthy now, if you want to regain your health, um, it's not about drugs. It's not about surgery. It's about figuring out what the underlying imbalances are in your body. What, what's missing? Um, what do you need to take? Are you deficient in certain things? Do you have emotional baggage that's causing pain and malfunction for you physically, mentally, emotionally? And that's, that's really what the emotion code is about. So uh, just to give you a little bit of background, how this started, uh, it, it goes all the way back to when I was seven years old. I was really sick with the measles and I had overheard my parents talking and uh, I knew the plan for me was that uh, I was going to be admitted. They were going to take me to the hospital the next day. I was going to be admitted. And uh, I was going into something called an oxygen tent. Now, I didn't know what an oxygen tent was. To my seven-year-old brain, the tent sounded kind of cool. <laughs> but I was way too sick to think about camping. I was really, really ill. So this night, um, my parents, they'd made a bed for me uh, near the living room upstairs in our house, which had two floors. And um, everyone else had gone to bed and my parents came into the room. And I remember this like it happened yesterday. And it was it was a long time ago, um, probably a half a century ago or more. My parents came into the room and uh, my mother said to my father, she said, she said, honey, will you kneel down with me and will you say a prayer um, for our boy so that he'll be able to get well? And so they did. They knelt down by the side of the couch and my dad starts praying for me. Now, knowing my dad, this is probably the first time in, in my life I actually heard him pray. But I think they were really worried about me. I was really, really ill. And in the middle of this short prayer that my father was saying, I had something impossible happen. I felt this change that started at the top of my head and it went whoosh through my body to the soles of my feet. And I was instantaneously healed completely. Now, this kind of an experience is so impossible and so bizarre. Uh, I mean, it isn't something that you can ever forget. And so it's just seared into my mind what happened. And I remember that night like it happened yesterday. And it was a long time ago. And I held my tongue until my dad was done praying. I didn't want to interrupt him. And when he was done, I, I said, I'm better. I'm better. Uh, I'm totally better. And they said, that's fine, honey. Go back to sleep. Man. You're going into the oxygen tent tomorrow. You know, <laughs> but the next day, of course, proved it. I was totally, completely healed. Now that taught me, even at that age, I mean, I just had this understanding all of a sudden that there is a higher power the, an unseen power that we can tap into, we can, it's apparently just there for the asking. We can ask for help and we can get it. So this taught me this in such a profound way. It was just amazing. So, um, so anyway, uh, fast forward about seven years, I ended up with kidney disease and uh, it was about 50% fatal. There was no treatment available for me, no drug that I could take. Um, they didn't do kidney transplants back in those days. It was a long time ago. And, uh, my parents were told, I found out later, they were told that I had about a 50, 50 chance of surviving this. 
And, um, but they had nothing really to offer me in Western medicine at all. So my parents took me to see some old time osteopathic physicians that worked on the structure of the body and so on. And they started working on me. They practiced out on the edge of town in a muddy, uh, well, as I recall, when the rain, when it would rain, it was muddy. It was, it was a wheat field. They were out on the edge of town in a trailer house in somebody's pasture. <laughs> but there would be busloads of people that um, would come to see them. People would charter a bus and come from some other state to visit these people and everybody would get worked on. And uh, they were amazing healers. They started working on me. Um, no drugs, no surgery, just realigning things and giving me things to take that were, you know, nasty to drink and, you know, herbal concoctions and things. And, um, but let me tell you, uh, I started noticing almost immediately that what they were doing was apparently just what my body needed because within uh, about three weeks, my pains were so much less frequent and less severe um, that uh, it was, I was obviously getting well. And within about a month, I didn't have any more pains at all. My parents took me back to the clinic. And as I recall, they ran the tests twice. And um, they said, well, it's, it, it's amazing. It's a spontaneous remission. Whatever we did must have helped. And I knew that these people out in that trailer house in the middle of that wheat field, um, they were doing something special. And so I decided that's what I wanted to do with my life. Well, I got sidetracked from that for a while, but eventually uh, I was brought back to going into the healing arts. And it was, I literally had an answer to prayer, a very powerful answer to prayer that that's what I should do. And so um, when I got into practice uh, as a chiropractor, um, I developed this habit. I figured, okay, well, God has kind of gotten me into this thing. And so uh, I'll, I'll start asking for help. And so what I would do is uh, during all those years that I was in practice, I had this very private, very personal habit where before I would go to work on somebody, I would just silently ask for help uh, and just ask God to help me with this person. And, and uh, you know, it was just one of those private personal habits that I had. But I'll tell you something. Um, there were a handful of times during uh, all those years, almost 20 years that I practiced in one form or another there was a handful of times where in response to that silent prayer for help, where the information that I needed would just flood into me like an avalanche of data, just an incredible thing. Um, it's wonderful to get answers like that, that are so sudden and so powerful and so complete, but that was a rarity. Okay. I can count those occurrences on one hand, but when we're asking for help, that help comes and it comes in different ways. A lot of the time it'll come just as a subtle thought or an impression or an idea. We usually think that it's our own idea, right? Um, or sometimes it'll come from somebody else or, but I think that those answers always come. They just come in different ways and they're often so subtle that we miss them. But um, anyway, one of the things that I learned during all those years, working with all those people, I was in a private practice and it was just me and my staff, a small staff, um, seeing people day in and day out of all ages with all kinds of different problems. Uh, what I found was that uh, no matter what my patients were suffering from, no matter what their symptoms were, whether they were dealing with something physical, physical or mental or emotional um, whether they were dealing with physical pain or infertility or asthma or digestive problems or depression or anxiety or phobias or panic attacks or PTSD or eating disorders, didn't matter what it was, they all had something in common. And what they all had in common was what I came to call trapped emotions, literally their emotional 
baggage, right? And um, emotional baggage is, uh, that's a phrase that we often use, especially to describe other people's problems, right? <laughs> So-and-so has a lot of emotional baggage, for example. And anyway, um, what I found was that uh, I could, uh, I could remove their emotional baggage and release the trapped emotions from them. And when I did that, uh, things would change. I mean, people were coming to see me for all these problems. And I found that the number one most common underlying reason for all of these problems was emotional baggage. So when we would find that baggage and remove that baggage, all of a sudden their pain would disappear or their depression or their anxiety or whatever it was would, uh, would improve. Sometimes just instantly, sometimes over a period of time. And so, um, so finally I realized uh, that um, this had to go out to the world. It wasn't just for me. Um, I, and I wasn't going to be able to, even if I spent every moment of my life, even if I never slept again and just saw patients 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of my life, I was not going to be able to make an impact on the world. So I had to get out of practice, which I did in 2004. I had to get this information out to the world. And so in 2007, I published The Emotion Code. Uh, a few years ago, we, uh, we republished it uh, with a, a wonderful forward by a guy named Tony Robbins with lots of great um, endorsements from lots of great people like Joe Dispenza and Greg Braden. Uh, and, um, and so it's gone out to the world now. And, uh, what's, what's really great about it is that, um, people can learn how to do this themselves and they can work on themselves. They can work on their own family members. They can, uh, they can heal their own friends and family, uh, from many, many things. Now, if people like to do that, there is a certification pathway for them at our website at discoverhealing.com. And of course, if you're looking for somebody to do this work on you, it can be done live and in person, or it can be done remotely. We have almost, uh, I think right around 8,000 people that have gone through our certification program now in about 80 countries around the world. And uh, most of them work with other people in other countries that people that uh, they may never actually meet in person and yet whose lives they may very well have changed uh, by working on them and helping them to get rid of their emotional baggage and, and other things. So um, yeah, it's been just uh, an absolutely amazing uh, journey for me. And it, it it's apparently not over yet. It still keeps going. <laughs> That's wonderful. Wonderful. Very, very exciting topics that you have written about and practiced for all this time and helped so many people. And as you said that, you know, the healing can be done uh, in person or remotely, we could be thousands of miles away. It could be via video or a phone call, or even I have seen with, me, with my own eyes that a person only provides a picture. So a picture, a photograph, photograph of a person could be, in let's say south america and this person gets healed so there was a case where a person was in a coma 
and doctors said, well, we don't know what to do. We, we can't do anything. And the sister came to one of the healers and say, they were already kind of friends and she was learning the art of healing. And she, she asked the teacher, can you help my brother? Because, you know, the doctors, they, they say, well, you know, um, we have to turn off the machines because there's nothing we can do for him. And mm -hmm. remotely, the, um, the healer did some work just by looking at the photo, which was emailed, so electronic photo photograph. And uh, uh, within two hours, the, her brother gained consciousness and you know he came to life and then he was discharged from the hospital western medicine hospital um that same evening but they were about to turn off the machines because said we, there's nothing we can do for him and this is one yeah. example and and i know that there are um well now hundreds of thousands of examples and you mentioned some names like dr joe Dispenza, uh great braden and i'm sure you are familiar with Bruce Lipton and mm -hmm. all of these scientists and experts such as yourself as well, um, they, they talk about the same thing. And for our viewers and listeners, um, it is now uh, known through science that subconscious mind resides in our body. Our body is our subconscious mind. So now all of those automatic programs and automatic behaviors and things are running on autopilot, even though according to some scientists that what we are doing, what that we are aware of is only 5%. So everything else is even in while we are awake right now, we're recording this podcast, apparently 95% of everything we are doing is run uh, subconsciously by set of programs and, and, and behaviors and actions that we have no control over. But then um, bread has obviously expertise in how to reprogram the disempowering, you know, programs in your subconscious mind. So you can actually heal yourself. You can have a great life. You can manifest anything you like rather than just, you know, because I'm sure people come to you, not just for health. They say, well, I want to improve my relationships. I want to improve my business. I want to make mm -hmm. more money. And, you know, and obviously all of it is as actually Western medicine has confirmed that up to 90% of people going to the uh, clinic, to medical establishment, Western medicine, right? The root cause of their problems is emotional. Yep. And, and they have no cure for that. They, 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 they just, you know, give them some drugs for, to suppress the symptoms, as you said. And, right. and it's like a never ending. They take these drugs and these drugs create some new symptoms and so on and so forth. Right. By the time they are 60, they're on 27 pills a day. Yep. My father yeah, was happens, one of those uh, guys. It happens all too often. Um, the pharmaceutical companies, of course, they're happy about the status quo as it is, and uh, they'd like to sell more drugs to more people uh, at younger ages and so on. But, um, you know, the reality of it is uh, there are times that, uh, that drugs are appropriate. There are times that surgery is appropriate. But uh, for the vast majority of people, the vast majority of the time, they don't really need a drug. They don't really need surgery. What they need is something else. And that something else um, starts with the emotion code because uh, our emotional baggage is such a big part of who we are. So to help your listeners understand 
what a trapped emotion really is. If you think about the body itself, you know, you look at your hand, for example, and you've seen that hand before, but if you were to magnify that hand uh, with a big microscope, somewhere at about a million times magnification or more, uh, ultimately, you're eventually going to be looking at a single individual atom because that hand is made of atoms. And if you look inside of a single individual atom, you see there's really nothing in there. It's just empty space and uh, some little infinitesimally tiny energies that are zipping around at the speed of light. And that is what our bodies are. Our bodies energy. are energy. And so um, if you think about emotions, what is an emotion? Well, we know what they feel like, but is, a, is an emotion also an energy? And the answer is yes. If you're feeling uh, an emotion of anger, uh, that's a, a different frequency, uh, a different vibrational energy than an emotion of sadness and so on. And so every emotion has its own frequency and its own vibration. Well, sometimes we experience emotions that are powerful and uh, uh, sometimes we we go through things that are difficult. You know, we go through a divorce or some kind of a breakup or someone uh, that's close to us dies or betrays us. Uh, sometimes uh, we cry ourselves to sleep at night when we're kids and we feel very intense emotions in uh, elementary school and so on. Well, what can happen is uh, if the emotion is powerful enough or if we don't want to feel that emotion at all. And we just stuff that emotion and, and refuse to allow ourselves to feel it at all. What, what happens is in those kinds of circumstances, we end up creating what we call a trapped emotion. And really, if you think about the emotional experience as a loop, okay, where we, we start feeling the emotion and we think about it, we feel the feelings that are associated with that. And then it kind of fades away and we move on with our lives. Um, that happens to us all the time. Those emotions uh, that are allowed to complete that emotional process, that loop, if you will, uh, those emotions don't get trapped. It's where we interrupt that loop in some way. We allow ourselves to become really intensely involved with that emotion. And instead of just feeling a certain level of resentment, for example, or anger or grief, we become very involved in it and we enhance it, uh, that emotional energy ourselves, then it can become a little too powerful. And so then that emotional energy um, becomes trapped in the body. And what, what we find is that a trapped emotion is a ball of energy uh, from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a, uh, of a softball or a small melon. We all have these and the average adult probably has 300 of these, give or take, depending on what they've been through in their lives. And um, the thing is, these can cause not only physical discomfort, but uh, they can also cause other issues. One of the best examples to, to illustrate this uh, that I can remember from the years that I was in practice was a guy that came in to see me one day for really severe low back pain. His, his back pain was a nine on a zero to 10 scale and been going on for some weeks. And so um, I started doing some testing on him and uh, found that he had a trapped emotion of anger. And uh, the way we do this is we tap into the subconscious mind, usually just using some form of muscle testing uh, or applied kinesiology, sometimes it's called. 
And um, I found that this trapped emotion had actually uh, become stuck in his body or trapped in his body about 20 years earlier. And he immediately knew what had happened. He told me that uh, he was in a, a work situation and uh, he was falsely accused of something and he became very angry, very upset about that. And he remembered it immediately. Well, when he was feeling that anger, that intense anger, uh, his body couldn't really process that completely. And so that emotion became trapped in his body. Well, fine. I released that trapped emotion. And the way we do that is we just pass a magnet or a hand over the governing meridian, uh, usually right down the middle of the back, just a few times, and it released that trapped emotional energy after identifying it. And immediately the pain level uh, was, his pain level was gone. It was just completely gone. It went to from a nine to a zero instantly. And uh, he couldn't believe it. And he kept walking around and bending over and twisting that this way and that way. And he just, it was like a miracle to him. He couldn't believe that it was gone. Um, and I was grateful that it worked so well, right? Um, but the interesting thing is now, if you think about that, why did that happen? Well, if you think about a trapped emotion and you understand that it's a ball of energy, well, what is the body? The body is ultimately just energy. So when you have this little dark cloud of emotional energy, like anger, that is in that energy field now, uh, he had this ball of anger that uh, apparently was in his low back. And when you have a trapped emotion like this, what it does is it, it's continually distorting the normal energy field of the body. And so it's interfering with the chemical reactions taking place within that little sphere. Uh, it's interfering with probably the blood flow, the lymph flow to some degree. It's interfering with the flow of uh, acupuncture energy in that area and so on. And so when you release a trapped emotion like that, all of a sudden, they, the energy field in that area can return back to a more normal situation. And so suddenly, his pain is gone, right? That distorting force is gone. And it took 20 years uh, for that trapped emotional energy and the distortion that was ongoing from that to finally bring him into, uh, you know, to get his back pain to a nine. But think about this, that symptom of his back pain ultimately really was his body uh, trying to get his attention saying, hey, you remember what happened 20 years ago? Well, this back pain that you're having is, is because of that, right? And that's how the body tries to communicate with us. It's kind of like the check engine light turning on on your car dashboard, right? Uh, same kind of thing. Well, the interesting thing about this, though, to illustrate the other side of the story here is that this guy came back in to see me again about three days later. And here's what he said to me. He said, you know, Dr. Nelson, he said, my back pain is still gone. It hasn't come back. I still can't quite believe it. But I have to tell you something. He said, when I came in here three days ago, I had another problem going on that I did not tell you about. He said, for as long as I can remember, I've basically been what you would call a rageaholic. He said, I'm always yelling at my wife and my kids. He said, I'm kind of just wound really tightly. And he said, um, anger comes easily for me. He said, I've had to go to anger management several times and hasn't really helped me. He said, I have to be careful about road rage and um, things set me off really easily. But he said, since you remove that trapped emotion of anger from me that was causing my back pain, apparently, 
not only is my back pain gone, but also I feel really, really different. I feel kind of relaxed and things that used to really set me off don't set me off anymore. I, I feel kind of relaxed and kind of at peace. He said, how did you do that? How does that work? And at the time I said, well, I really don't know. <laughs> but what we believe is that, think about this guy, he's got this ball of anger, this trapped emotional energy of anger in his low back. When I release that trapped emotion of anger, uh, all of a sudden that distorting force on his energy field is gone. So the back pain has gone. Um, but he feels different too. Why? Well, think about it this way. Okay. Um, in his life, when a situation would come along where he might tend to feel the emotion of anger, say that one of his kids does something or his wife does something, or he gets cut off in traffic and the tendency is for him to feel angry. He would feel angry much more easily, much more readily than he otherwise would have. Why? Because literally part of his body is vibrating at the emotion, the frequency of anger 24 hours a day, seven days a week, see? So when we suddenly remove that trapped emotional energy from his energy field, now when something comes along, well, his whole body, uh, his body doesn't fall into that resonance now because that particular energy, uh, that seed, if you will, is gone. And so um, that's how this works. And so if you think about the experiences that you've been through in your life, um, some of those experiences have left you with emotional baggage. And so what can happen to you in the here and now is that uh, your life can be being short-circuited uh, by your emotional baggage. You, I mean, if you have a situation, for example, in your life where you tend to feel certain emotions more easily than you think maybe a normal person would, like maybe you have a tendency to become depressed pretty easily. Maybe you have a tendency to feel anxiety more easily, or maybe there are just certain emotions. Uh, maybe when you think about a certain person, you can feel the resentment welling up inside of you. Um, maybe you just have a tendency to, to battle feelings of sadness or hopelessness and so on. And so um, finding that emotional baggage uh, is just so important to be able um, to to live uh, the kind of life that you're capable of living and to achieve the things that you're capable of achieving in this world. You can think of everybody that you know as dragging these suitcases behind them through life in a sense. And uh, what's in the suitcases? Well, what's in the suitcases is rocks and every rock is a trapped emotion. And um, so People wonder sometimes why they can't achieve more or why it's so difficult to create the kind of life they want. Well, they're dragging all this baggage around. And some of that baggage, uh, the steamer trunk that's behind you, uh, that baggage might even be inherited from your ancestors, you see. And that's, uh, that's a whole other aspect of this work that we have found that um, at the moment of conception, uh, people often receive emotional energy from a parent uh, that they might have received at the moment that they were conceived from their mom or dad. And sometimes these can go back for 10 or 20 generations. And so um, getting rid of that kind of baggage is also uh, is also a very powerful, a powerful part of the emotion code. And the only way that you can find that kind of baggage 
is by tapping into the subconscious mind, which is exactly what the emotion code teaches people how to do. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, I love I love your work. And also uh, for the viewers and for the listeners, if they would like to learn to apply some of these techniques or to try, uh, they can they can purchase your book, they can go to your website. There's a lot of information there and you know, they can choose. But for the viewers and listeners of this podcast, um, because, you know, people would say, well, this is great. You're an expert. So if I don't have access to you and you help me with the healing or some of your, uh, you know, uh, healers that they have gone through certification process, mm-hmm. um, what can I do if I have this mental rehearsal of I'm a victim, you know, the whole world is against me and so on and so forth, or I was betrayed by my ex 15 years ago or partner in business, what can one do to identify these emotions like right now, today, before they buy the book, before they start sort of practicing all the methods? What can one do just to sort of ease their feeling today? Stress, well, perhaps, anxiety, yeah. you know? Well, one of the important things to realize is that um, you have emotional baggage. We, we all have it. It's, um, uh, it's really an epidemic uh, in this world. Um, so if you've, been through, uh, if you've been through anything very traumatic in your life, if you've been through, for example, a breakup, if you've ever felt like your heart was going to break and you felt some of those physical sensations that go along with that, you probably have what we call a heart wall. And um, this is part, I really, uh, the most important part of the emotion code has to do with the heart. And so uh, let, me, let me explain this a little bit. Back in the 1960s, uh, there was a doctor by the name of Dr. Christian Barnard, and he, he was the pioneer in heart transplant surgery. And uh, after they started transplanting hearts uh, into people, one of the things that they found was that uh, sometimes people would come back to the doctor and they would relate strange things. They would, they would say how their taste in music or food or sports had radically changed. Uh, sometimes their handwriting would be totally different after getting a heart transplant. Sometimes these people would have memories of being in places that they had never visited in their entire life. Somehow these things came along with the transplanted heart. And in every case, when these people were connected with the family of the heart donor, they would find out, oh my gosh, yes, that's our son's handwriting that you have. How bizarre is that? How can we explain that? Or they'd say, well, yes, um, our daughter loves Italian food and you didn't care for it before, but now you do. Or they say, well, yes, our our son was a concert violinist, and that must be why now you love classical music. And those passages that you keep listening to over and over, those were the ones that he loved the most, right? Or they say, well, yes, our, our daughter loved Rome, and she visited every year, and now you have memories of being in Rome, and yet you've never been there in your whole life. Those must be her memories, How is that possible? Well, we call this cellular memory. And there are whole books written about this, right? But um, you see, the heart is a very, very special organ. 
And uh, the ancient societies understood this around the world. Uh, they believed anciently that the heart was the seat of um, romance and love. And even today, uh, on Valentine's Day, if somebody sends you some chocolates, maybe you're lucky, you will receive them in a heart-shaped box, right? Um, and that's kind of uh, something that is is universal to mankind, that we all these societies anciently had these beliefs about the heart, that the heart was the core of our being and the seat of our soul and the source of love and creativity and everything else. Well, they've done studies now with very extremely sensitive equipment, and they have found that when one person is feeling love or affection for another person, their heartbeat will become measurable in the brain waves of the person that they're feeling love or affection for. So there's this communication going on between all of us all the time. Well, what we have found is that when people feel like their heart is going to break at some point, uh, the subconscious mind will put up a wall around the heart to try to protect the heart because it is the core of our being. It's the, the seat of the soul and the core of who we are. And so that wall that is put up is an invisible wall. It's a force field, if you will. Uh, it is made from layers of your emotional baggage. Now, what we have found is that about 93% of people have this phenomenon going on, this heart wall phenomenon. And uh, people can find uh, this heart wall, they can, this, you, you can learn how to do this. You can learn how to remove your own heart wall in the emotion code book, or you can find somebody that can do this for you. But um, what we find is that when this wall is taken down by removing these emotions one at a time and gradually taking down that wall, which uh, uh, as far as the number of emotions, it, typically it might be anywhere from one emotion to maybe 20 or 30 um, that are making up this wall, this invisible wall. It's a protective mechanism uh, that was put up when you were in a difficult situation in your life, maybe going through a breakup or something. Uh, but the problem is, um, you know, when the funeral is over or you, the divorce is finalized and you're trying to move on with your life, yet you have this wall now around your heart. So it becomes much more difficult for you to uh, connect with other people. Uh, to really manifest your creativity and so on. One of the first people that I saw that had a uh, had this phenomenon, this heart wall phenomenon going on, was a uh, was a nurse. She came in to see me for really severe neck pain, and uh, she'd seen a couple of other doctors. They hadn't been able to help her, so she came in to see me. And as I was talking with her, she told me that she was 38 years old, uh, and she had not dated in eight years, and she was never going to date ever again. She was single and she was going to stay that way and die a single woman. And she was an attractive woman. And I, I asked her, I said, why do you, uh, why do you feel this way? What, what brought you to this conclusion? Because, I mean, you don't meet somebody every day that's sworn off relationships and celibate to, until they die. And she said that eight years before, she was really in love with this guy who dumped her and broke her heart and betrayed her. And uh, she hadn't dated since then. It was never going to date again. So I tested her and found that she had this heart wall phenomenon going on. There were three trapped emotions making up the three layers of this wall around her heart. And they all had to do with the breakup from eight years before. So I cleared those three emotions one at a time. It probably took me about five or six minutes to clear those out. And then all of a sudden, with the release of the last emotion, 
the heart wall was gone. And instantaneously, the neck pain that she had that brought her in to see me was instantly gone, right? Just completely gone. And so uh, she left the office feeling totally fine and didn't come back for three months. And when she came back into the office, I'll always remember this. I looked at her and I said, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. How are you? What's going on? She said, you know, she said, my neck pain has been totally gone since I was here. I haven't had any trouble with my neck at all. But she said, you cleared that heart wall from me. And that really works because she said about two weeks after I was here, I found out that my childhood sweetheart has been living right around the corner from me for almost eight years and we're dating and we're in love. And I think he's going to ask me to marry him. <laughs> wow. Now, right. And if you, if you, you multiply that little story by, uh, I don't know, maybe a hundred thousand stories like that around the world, or maybe a million stories like that around the world. I don't know. Uh, then you start to see what's driving this global uh, phenomenon of the emotion code in all these countries, in all these languages, because people are finding out that there might, there's probably an invisible wall around their heart. And when they take that wall down, it's not at all unusual, Eldon, for people to fall in love that never thought they would. Uh, for people to find their soulmate, for their creative ideas to start to flow spontaneously, because those the best ideas that you'll ever have uh, are going to come from your heart, not your head. And so you see, if you think about it, the vast majority, 93% of the people on this planet have a heart wall. And so nine out of 10 people basically are trying to get through life and they're trying to force life to work for them because they're operating from the brain that is in their head which feels nothing and um, is not that creative, but in the heart of each one of us is a perfect blueprint, I believe, for the best life that we can live and for the best creative ideas that we'll ever have, you see. And so when that wall is taken down, uh, things can change just so dramatically. I mean, um, it's just amazing. In fact, let me tell you something. We have had many people tell us that when that heart wall was taken down, uh, that not only for the first time in their life were they actually able to feel joy and feel love, but many times they say that uh, they were actually able to feel for the first time in their life, the love of the creator uh, for them. And so, you know, you think about uh, how profound that is. And, you know, I, I just did a show earlier today and we were talking about Ascension and uh, we talk about ascension. We all want to ascend and become ascended beings. Well, how do you do that? Well, it's all about, to me, it's all about unconditional love, right? And learning to love unconditionally. Well, how do you get there? Well, love, the seat of love is the heart. So if you're wandering around through life and you've got uh, your, your heart is in a vault, you're going to be kind of handicapped in this way. So um, this is really, I think, the most important thing that you can do. Now, what, what your listeners can do is they can go to a place called emotioncodegift.com, emotioncodegift, G-I-F-T.com, and they can download the first couple of chapters of the book. There's also an eight-video series there. It's all free, and, uh, and I'll start teaching you a little bit more about this. And you can read the first couple of chapters of the book totally for free and decide, you know, if, if you like that, and if so, you can then... Uh, get a copy of the book for yourself and start learning this and practicing on yourself. And uh, 
That's what's great about this. I mean, if you've got the money and you want to you pay somebody to do this for you, you can do that. If you want to do it yourself, that's, that's the best place to start. I think, you know, paying someone to do this for you, it's probably the money well spent because some people have these ailments and certain chronic conditions, which, because you probably have spoken to many scientists. I have, because I've studied science for 30 years including neuroscience and you know epigenetics and and many others and actually the trapped emotions affect our genes and our um, gene production which obviously is responsible yes. what gives us life right so so in Absolutely. different energy centers of the body there is actually uh, you know there are probably three to 5,000 genes produced in the same area. And, and especially in the, the sort of the heart energy center and the solar plexus energy center, this is where most of our genes are being produced. So if the trapped emotion, it's around the heart, which is responsible for love and connection. I'm not talking about something externally. Everybody wants love, but they're always looking for outside. I need the perfect partner. I need somebody to love me. But once they remove that heart block, that emotional trapped energy, they begin to experience the true self-love, the unconditional self-love. And that is what is required to magnetize them an equal, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, they're going to just you know wander through life calling it love, but never truly experiencing what that, you know, unconditional love truly means. So wonderful, wonderful. And so your book can be found on Amazon, I guess, and all the other, you know, on your website, I guess, and, and all the other sort of uh, good bookstores. And um, if people want to find out more about your certification, uh, you know, courses, they want to train with you, with your company, where can they find out more about this? Well, uh, our website is um, at uh, discoverhealing.com. And there's information there about everything. There's a, a map there where you can find a practitioner if, you, if you're looking for one. Um, information about the certification program is there and so on. And um, uh, that we have another uh, website at drbradleynelson.com. That's D-R-B-R-A-D-L-E-Y-N-E-L-S-O-N.com. That's my personal, uh, my personal site. Uh, and um, yeah, then um, the other one is uh, emotioncodegift.com where you can go and get the first couple chapters of the book and so on. So, um, and yeah. if people want to follow you on social media, learn more about you, what is your social media handle? Uh, yes, they can find me at uh, Dr. Bradley Nelson on uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter. Okay. Are you on Instagram as well? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. And I think it's the same handle, Dr. Sure. Bradley Nelson. Brilliant. Brilliant. And before we go, one last question. I mean, you already are making an ma amazing amount of positive impact on humanity, but I always ask my guests, uh, what is the impact you would like to leave on humanity while you are here? Well, you know, um, that's that's an, a really interesting question. Uh, everything that's happened to me in my life has um, has brought me to this mission, really, that I'm on 
uh, to help people to get rid of their emotional baggage, to open up their hearts. I believe that this world is in a transformational process right now. The earth is essentially um, in labor, trying to bring into existence this new state where people are living from their heart instead of from their head, uh, where the inhabitants of this earth live together uh, with their hearts um, knit together uh, in love. I think that that's the, the true future of this planet. And so uh, it's, a, it's an incredibly bright future. It's going to take some effort to get there, and we're going to have some rocky road to get there. But I do believe that is where we're going. This work is part of that because um, there's a lot of healing that has to take place to get us there, you see. And um, a lot of it, uh, a lot of that healing is emotional. And, um, and of course, the emotions that we have, the emotional energy that we have, that emotional baggage manifests in our lives as all kinds of ailments and things. Every disease process, for example, that I've seen now in 33 years has had an emotional component, uh, some emotional baggage that has to be released. Sometimes that emotional baggage is the only reason for the disease that may be killing somebody. And so... Um, Finding that baggage uh, and getting rid of that is such a huge uh, piece of this transformation that is happening in this world. And it's, uh, it's an amazing thing for me to be part of this. It really truly is an extraordinary thing. I, I, I have an amazing life um, because I, and I tell people, look, I just work here. This isn't about me. I'm just a teacher, but uh, it's, it's kind of an astonishing thing for me that I, somehow ended up in this position where I'm just helping to bring this work into the world. And what I tell people is, look, um, I'm here to just show you what you can do. This is about you. Um, and like I said, the purpose of our company that we recite every Monday morning at a meeting that we have uh, is um, healing the world by empowering you. And that's it. You can do it. Uh, there's a healer latent within you. If you've never done any kind of healing work at all ever, let me tell you something. The emotion code can make a healer out of you. And when you start changing the lives of the people that you know and the people that you love, just by simply removing their emotional baggage with this simple, simple process, your life is never going to be the same again. It's so, it's so addicting in such a good way uh, and really so much fun. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I'd like to say that I, I'm truly honored to have you on my podcast, The Human Experience. And um, our audience, actually, it's exactly the type of audience who uh, love to learn these kind of uh, subjects. And, and I'm sure there are many healers and coaches and um, yeah, well, well, I would say probably about 40% uh, of my listeners are in United States and Canada. So, you know, uh, for those of you um, who are watching and listening, I appreciate you. I love you. And uh, please go to um, Dr. Bradley's websites, buy his book, um, subscribe to the um, audio channel of this podcast and also the video. And I see you in the next episode. This is your host, Eldin Hassa. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Bradley. Thank you.